Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. My brothers and sisters in Christ, join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Ladies and gentlemen, wipe your tears away. Don't cry. Don't be sad. Because we got Deacon Evan Whitting doing his talk. Again, this is going to be a great night. What are we well, talking about? Well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people are saying, as we look around the world today, that we are in end times and that there's a lot of signs that we are in end times. And as Catholics, we should really kind of have a guide as to what our church teaches about end times. And um, and when I saw that uh, Deacon Evan was going to be uh, presenting this topic about mm-hmm. end times and about what's going on in Medjugorje, uh, or if we were in Croatia, we'd say Medjugorje. Yeah. But these are sort of overlapping topics that he has a lot of knowledge about. And we wanted to tap into his knowledge today and spend yes. a good chunk of time uh, finding out, learning uh, about these interesting topics. Uh, Let's welcome Deacon Evan Wittig. The Deacon, first of all, how long have you been a deacon? Uh, Just turned uh, 37 years this July. Oh, so you know a little bit about being a deacon then. I was a cute kid, so they ordained me, and that's my story. (laughs) You're sticking to it. So why you, why the interest in this to the point where you are actually doing a presentation or, or you know, presentations uh, on end times in Medjugorje? Uh, I just got back from Medjugorje. I've been there four times. Wow. And um, the end times have been on my mind for the last year or so. I've been studying the book of Revelation and, and uh, of course, what's going on in the world. Um, so I kind of put both topics together because... Uh, I think the average Catholic doesn't know the official teaching. And I was, uh, Father Chris Alar gave a teaching about a year or so, maybe a year and a half. And I took a lot of notes and then I made a PowerPoint out of it. And, and I've been waiting for the opportunity to present it. So I thought that plus the story of Medjugorje, because uh, uh, believe it or not, even though it's been 41 years, not a lot of Catholics know about it. So uh, I figured the two would go together pretty well. That sounds fascinating, and you're right. Back in 1981, there was a series of events that took place there. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but these were apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, and, and of course, always from the perspective of the locals, right? So uh, in, in Croatia, as I understand, they call her the Queen of Peace or the Mother of the Redeemer, and yeah. that's the title given to these visions or maybe perhaps the alleged visions of the Virgin Mary. So we're going to get into that, but let's start right off the top with a bang and talk about end times. What do we need to know? Well, there's a official uh, church teaching of what to expect before the second coming of Jesus. And I think this gives us a good framework to look at things because uh, there's a lot of things in the Bible and, and Protestants have this thing about the rapture and, and they have a little different view of uh, the end times than we do. And um, 
So I think it's good to have the official Catholic position. And it also helps you and me to recognize the signs of the times, because some of the things of the end times are actually happening right now. First letter of John says, children, this is the last hour. First letter of Peter, the end of all things is at hand. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 10, what happened in the Old Testament is a quote, a warning to us upon whom the end times, the end of the ages has come. And in the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, since the ascension of God's plan has entered its fulfillment, we are already at the last hour. So the church teaching is we are actually already in the end times. So now let us shift to what people think about when they think about the end times, and that's the second coming of Jesus. And uh, I have here, uh, using the Bible and St. Thomas Aquinas, a lot of people uh you know, they, they just want to lean on a Th Thomas Aquinas because he's still so solid. So these are the five things that have to take place first. And then if you have questions, if you want to have a dialogue, we can go back and forth a little. Okay. Five things need to happen. Number one, the gospel needs to be preached to the whole world and all nations. And in today's technology, we can do that and we are doing it. But there are some countries like China and India and in the Muslim countries where you cannot preach the gospel. So it's not not 100% there yet, but the technology's there, and it's just a matter of the will. Number two, the great apostasy of the Gentiles, false teachers in Jesus' name. Paul says, let no one deceive you in any way unless the apostasy comes first. The lawless one is revealed, the one who is doomed to perdition. And uh, I think we can look around and see that, you know, there's a lot of false teaching going on out there. So you're saying Joel Olstein, right? No, I don't, okay. I don't want to get us canceled by it. No, no. In the Catholic Church, too. But I don't want yeah, to cancel us. The, yeah. the prosperity gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Completely forgot I'm about just playing. I, I apologize, Mr. <laughs> Olstein. I don't want all his thousands and thousands of fans that donate money. I, I want them to listen to this podcast. So okay, go on. Yeah. And, and we can have a little fun with that, too, a little later when we talk about the Protestant version of so number three, universal conversion of Jews to the Catholic Church. This has not happened yet. But if we are living in the end times and Jesus is coming soon, that can be one of those signs we can look for. If you start to see a lot of Jews, by the thousands and maybe by the millions, becoming not just Christian, but Catholic. Catholic. Uh, Paul writes uh, to the Romans, if their rejection means reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? The full inclusion of the Jews in the Messianic salvation in the wake of the full number of the Gentiles will enable the people of God to achieve the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. And so Romans, uh, Paul had his heart out for the Jews because he was a Jew. He was a Pharisee. And, and whenever he talked to the Jews, they just fought him tooth and nail. And, and so, but he foresaw that they would come back to the church. And uh, they are God's people. And, and, and God promises, you can see the, the promise of bringing them back and restoring them, restoring Jerusalem. There's even people talking about the rebuilding the temple. So there, you can go back to 1948 and say that's very important when they got their land back. Mm -hmm. Number four, the Antichrist. Now, there's been Antichrist. They've been around. But this is an actual person. He's going to be worse than Nero, worse than Stalin, worse than Hitler, worse than Mao Zedong. 
those guys in their time, you could have called them the Antichrist. And there's the spirit of Antichrist. You can see it in the scriptures. So the yeah. false teachers, false religions, the false messiahs. And Jesus himself said, many will come and say, I'm the Messiah. Don't follow them. But this will be the actual one and only Antichrist. Satan doesn't want to become human. So he'll be just a regular human being, but he'll be empowered by Satan and possessed by Satan. I don't know if you've heard of his name. He's like, he had this death cult in Japan and he was saying that he was the Messiah. I think in the 1990s, the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist superstar, Marlon Manson. No, he never claimed that. But there is a lot of that. And um, I know, you know, 666, the number of in Revelation was actually... There's actually like a num another number also besides 666. But uh, what some theologians have said is that if you lay that out, like in a different language, it, it goes to Emperor Nero for yes. the, the revelation yeah. 666. So that's what um, uh, some a lot of theologians would say, a point to John's revelation as, as 666 being the numerical number of yeah. uh nero and and of course he was speaking from the history of his time and yes. the church was being persecuted then yeah and the revelation was written for a church that was being persecuted so that they would have faith that in the end the good guys are going to win and and this is now we are i think you can see it coming and in parts of the world like china and in the middle east they christians are being persecuted very very strongly and uh, we forget in world war ii they killed six million jews but they also killed 12 million Christians. We don't talk about that. Yeah. And anybody that stood up to Hitler got killed pretty much. So the Antichrist will oppress the church for three and a half years, and he will have a seven-year reign. He's going to deceive people. He'll be fully human. Um, this will be the church's final persecution. So the good news is after <laughs> <laughs> all that seen only lasts three and a half years, but it's going to be bad. The mystery of iniquity When you see that, uh, supposedly he goes into the temple or something like that. It could be the temple in Jerusalem, or he could may show up maybe at St. Peter's Basilica. So a big recognizable place, but a, but a yeah. holy, not just any, then, he's not showing up at Burning Man or nothing like that. Like yeah. he's going to show up that there. Understand the book of Revelation and understand Daniel say, oh, that's it. Yeah. And you can start your clock at that point. And then, of course, you have the tribulation itself, which will be... Uh, uh just persecution of, of christians and uh, wasn't there a book i remember the left behind series i think of kurt when you're talking about like what do we think of when we think of the end times and my mind went to kurt cameron that's what i think about when i because remember yeah. those left behind books and then the movies yeah. too the the Scott, the Scott movie Hahn has, a, has an interesting thought on that and as we oh, proceed really? uh, as we proceed on through the evening but uh his thinking is this it's not the good people that are taken is the bad people mm. think mm. of noah and his family he was saved everyone else was killed yeah when we talk about the triumph of the immaculate heart of mary which you prophesied in fatima mechigori is tied to fatima okay, okay the completion of fatima the rapture is only a couple hundred years old yeah if the rapture was part of the official teaching of the church it would date back to the church fathers but um the it It's just that the, the thousand year reign has already taken place when Jesus ascended into heaven. So even though you don't see it, there was a time, uh, there was a thousand years from Constantine to Leo the 13th where Christianity was dominant. And then of course we had the, the split from the East and the West and yeah. you had the Protestant Reformation. And now you got the Byzantine the, Empire. 
and now you got communism, socialism, and all these other competing ideologies, you know, um, coming after us. Uh, one thing that's interesting that's tied to Medjugorje and, and church history in, in a way is uh, the idea that, uh, and, and the visionaries were told this, and, and, uh, and it's not common knowledge. I don't even know if you know this. Okay. But, um, the, the story goes that uh, Satan goes up and says, you give me 100 years, I can destroy the church. Oh, right. I've heard about and, this. And Jesus says, okay, 1888, Pope Leo sees demons running everywhere, and he sees St. Michael getting out there fighting the demons and winning, and he creates St. Michael's prayer, yeah. which he used to pray after every Mass yes. until after Vatican yes. That prayer is coming back. I don't know if you noticed, yeah. but more and more people are praying that prayer now. Yeah, the, the St. Michael's prayer is everywhere now. Yeah. said yes. that we should start praying that prayer now. So he saw the 100-year reign. And interestingly, uh, think of all that happened in the 1800s. You know, you had uh, Karl Marx, you had Darwin. In the early 1900s, you had Freud and Jung, psychology. And then you have the rise of communism in 1917 and mm -hmm. Mary showing up in 1917, warning the world about Russia. Yeah. And uh, warning the world about World War II if they didn't repent. And uh, so Mechigoria, it, we, uh, we don't have to go in, into Fatima, but Mechigoria is building on Fatima because uh, you can pretty much say that the church has not been listening. Uh, she gave us some very simple instructions. And uh, the other interesting thing about Mechigoria is 1981. Uh, I believe in, in the early spring or maybe in the middle of winter, you might know better than me, they tried to kill Ronald Reagan. And That's right. Almost did. Then in May 1981, they tried to kill Pope John Paul II, and he almost died too. Both of them almost died. Both of them, someone was like a, Satan was trying to take these two people out. Horrible shots, lived, by the way. Just, just and they both terrible. See the fall of the Soviet Union. I think yeah. that's 1984, uh, Pope John Paul II finally consecrated Russia and the whole world to the Immaculate Heart of Now, Mary. does that count? Like some people, there's circles that say, oh, it, it, that's they, they, like. He didn't completely do it. She yeah. asked for Russia to be specifically The Pope with all the bishops. So he didn't quite do that. But yeah. uh, they asked Sister Lucia. She was still alive at the time. And she, she kind of shrugged her. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm implying this, of course, yeah. I don't know personally, but she said, yeah, that's okay. But if you noticed just this year, who consecrates Russia specifically and Ukraine? Pope Francis. Pope Francis yeah. did, yes. He asked the bishops to do it with him. So he's like, you know, we got to cover our bases. <laughs> but then and he I did do Ukraine that, too, so does that? That, that oh. made Mary happy. But look, what, yeah. we're, what year is this? 2022, and when did yeah. she ask? 1970. Because, yeah, you're right about the rapture. You hear that. the And there's like one vague, there's only one, and it's like a very vague scripture, something about that. But to tie it all, that doesn't make any sense. Was it was it John Derby or Der Darby? He was the one, right, that started the, the rapture and stuff. Like, yeah, it's only a few hundred years old. Uh, not a lot of people yeah. know that. Yeah, but it in, started in, in, the, in the 1900s. Yeah, like it's not that and, old. Uh, uh, but the church, the church, looks at it as a twofold as in the book of revelation it's it's one of the hardest books to understand but the church kind of looks at it like 
some of it it already happened it or in, it's in that time like nero uh the yeah. like all that and then some of it is still to come so it's kind of like a little bit of a mixture because some people i think there's two camps some people take one view that oh none of it it's all going to happen and it's like no you know the the 666 we talked about the new the numerical numbers we talked about the context of the time he's talking about what is it the five heads and the five mounts he's talking about the the emperors that have died right caligula he's talking about all the uh, julius Caesar, all the other ones that no it's only well there's not too many of them but it will say oh it, it already happened it's nothing in the future but that's a very small minority because you can see how it's both for John's time and it's for the future, the end times, which exactly. has not happened yet, which we might be in the times now. I think in the reading of scripture, whether it's the apocalyptic or yeah. Matthew or Luke, is it's written for their time. Yeah. It's written for all time. Yeah. And then when you talk about uh, Revelation and, and apocalyptic, you can also add it specifically for the end time. But uh, John was talking about Nero. Uh, Scott Hahn, as far as Scott Hahn was concerned, Babylon was Jerusalem. Babylon was the Jews. So that's done. But, you know, it's not completely done because we're not there yet. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, so I think it, it applies. If, if you say it's already done, then we don't have to worry about it. But in, in all honesty, the book of Revelation is the last book and it closes everything. So this is it. New heavens, yeah. new earth. Only good people, bad people are taken yeah. care of. So that has not happened. Yeah. And so I have a my personal opinion. Uh, you have the dragon. First of all, chapter 12, right? You have the great sign with the woman. With yeah. The moon at her feet and, uh, and the clothed in the sun and a crown of 12 stars. Who could that possibly be? Yeah. And then uh, something I didn't know, but the moon she's standing on is covered in snakeskin. So it's not only is she standing on the moon, but she's standing on the serpent. A callback to Genesis, right? In which image are we talking about there specifically? The, the Our Lady of Guadalupe. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Very and interesting. I, I missed 12. that. I didn't what know that. What a coincidence. Well, how that happened, you know? Wow. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I'm that I'm present to as we were talking about all this, have, have, are you familiar with St. Malachi's prophecy of the Pope's? which uh, dates back to 1595 yeah, about three popes or something. I'm not, well, not this one, this one on is, it. he, he was uh, a visionary. Uh, uh -huh. I'm talking about St. Malachi. It's fascinating to me because ever since I, I learned about this, I, I took sort of a, a deep dive down the rabbit hole, as we always talk about that. We, um, that, that he basically came, he wrote down a series of 112 cryptic phrases that each described as 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 history is played out uh, a pope okay and the last pope as i understand it is the pope that is in office now pope francis so oh, i've heard of that yeah so the prophecy of the popes has basically um you know this this buzz this doomsday sort of buzz purported because this 12th century prophecy suggested that the that the last pope is the last pope here now that we're serving uh, before the end of the world. So I, I just wondered if if that was anything you had heard about. I know it's spoken about and, and heard about and, it, but an individual, uh, and, and I think he's also talked in images and symbols. Yeah. Uh, so 
uh, they can be misinterpreted, just like with the book of Revelation. When you, anytime you're dealing with symbols and images. Yeah, this is... Like yeah. I was going to say, my personal opinion. Okay, so you have the dragon. We know who that is, Satan. And you have the two beasts. So who are our three enemies? The world, the flesh, and the devil. So the two beasts are the world and the flesh. And of course, you have the devil. And they all kind of work together. Um, Scott Hahn kind of pointed towards the Jews at the time of Jesus because they colluded with Rome. So they were acting like the beast, uh, serving second beast, serving the first beast. And then, of course, the Rome turned on Jerusalem and destroyed it. But uh, again, I, I think uh, we need to be open to uh, a political corrupt system. And then a corrupt religious system could be the two beasts. And of course, Satan is Satan. He doesn't have to change. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're looking at today, I think. Uh, politically corrupt system, that is the world. And then a politically co corrupt religion, which is in service to the world and in service to Satan. And I think right. that would be, uh, that would flow with the book of Revelation, with all the descriptions of everything going on in there. And talking about Malachi, that's an interesting kind of segue to we get into Magigoria. 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 Croatian and Magigoria. Malachi. I remember hearing, uh, seeing a history channel on that. I remember seeing something like on the history channel showing the prophecy and that Pope Francis is the last Pope. And so anyway, it's an interesting little segue because, you know, we have private revelation and then we have public revelation Tradition teaches us that public re revelation ended with the death of the last apostles. Even non-Catholics would attest to that. Most most mainstream Protestants would attest to that, even though, interesting enough, that's not in the Bible at all. It's not in the Bible at all. You only get it from tradition. But anyway, we all pretty much agree that public revelation ended with the death of the last apostle, whoever that may be. Uh, private revelation. Now, that gets us to the Marian apparitions. There's been many. There's been many of them all over the world, different parts. So when somebody has a private revelation, they are uh, no the faithful of the church is not obliged to take it as a dogma. They don't have to believe in it, even though I think Fatima is like a no brainer. Yeah. There's a you know we're, we're going to get into the yeah. So there's a difference. So you don't have to believe in the Fatima or or Magigore and you don't have to believe that to be a faithful Catholic. So if you're a Catholic and you're, you like, ah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted. I don't know if I believe this. And does that mean I'm a bad Catholic? It's like, no, it's again, it's private revelation. So we just kind of want to set that up that we people kind of understand. And what is Mary's job is to get us to her son. So some people get weirded out about the Mary stuff. They're like, oh man, they're talking about Mary and all this stuff. Like they're worshiping Mary. It's like, no, Mary always leads us to her son. And that's one tool we can use to guide like what is real. Because some people say uh, that some of the Marian apparitions are dynamic. Even the church has said some of that, that some of them around the world have been, it may have been dynamic. So let, let's segue into that. So, um, well, I kind of start off with uh, after I laid a foundation that we're living in the end times. Yeah. That uh, we start talking about Medjugorje. I'm going to go over the first couple of days because this is, uh, you know, how any apparition this yeah. is, how it starts and everything. And, and so uh, it's June 24th, 1981, Feast of St. John the Baptist. And I think that's important. Mm. So Ivanka was the first to see Our Lady. This is uh, uh, Marjana talking. 
and then me. But, but I ran away. Then we met two boys named Ivan, and we returned and watched a bright woman on the hill. I was so scared, I ran home, went to my room and prayed, and I felt peace and returned to the hill. I found Ivanka, Mergiana, Milka, and two Ivans, Ivan Ikanovich and the other Ivan who turned out to be a visionary. He was the oldest one. He was 20 years old, but he only had that one vision. And then Ivan Drakicevic. And uh, so Mary's holding baby Jesus in her arms, uh, uncovering him and covering him with her veil, and she signaled with her hands for there to to go up and see her, but no one dared do it. They all got afraid and they went home. But uh, they kind of decided, uh, you know, let's go back the second day and see what happens, you know. And, uh, oh, I got to say this, that uh, Mariana said this. And, and so when Ivanka first says, uh, I see Our Lady, and uh, Mariana says, yeah, like she's got nothing better to do than to visit us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they lived in a little village. They they didn't know anything about Mar apparitions. They didn't know about Fatima. They didn't know about Lords. They didn't know that Mary came from heaven to earth. So the whole context of her saying that, I think I see Our Lady is like way out of the blue. It's no way she's here. You know, she didn't even <laughs> bother to look. And then when she looks, she runs away. They were 16 years old and they were yeah. regular teenagers. You know, they were talking about stuff that teenagers talk about. They never heard that song. She came from heaven to earth to Probably show us the way. <laughs> they never heard that. Roger, you just insist on singing for today's Yeah, episode, just for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> but, you know, it's we're talking about these were kids that were teenagers back in 1981. Where yep. are they still all alive today? Yeah, good what, question. Yeah. Yeah, they're all alive. Wow. Visionaries. Uh -huh. Three okay. have uh, 10 secrets and three have nine secrets. Mm. Oh, wow. So uh, when the the last three get the 10 secrets, then you can start your clock. Okay. Right. So and this is the second day. They kind of think the second day is the day it started because they actually go see Mary. So the six visionaries, I'm just going to say their first names, Vika, Ivan, Mariana, Ivanka. They're joined by Yakov and Maria. So Ivan Ikonovich, he was there, but he didn't see Mary. He got very upset and he cussed and Mary disappeared. And then he felt real bad and Mary came back. So he had more, more language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. And half the village shows up. So here's its first day. They run away, but already it's a small village, but half the people are hanging around. They see three flashes of white light. So they blew their eyes up the hill. All six visionaries ran up the hill at a great speed that the villagers were amazed. When you walk up there, it takes 12 minutes. They got up there in two minutes. Wow. I felt like she's gliding up the hill. Uh, even with the trails there now, it's very rugged terrain. And all they had then was bushes and rocks and trees. There were no trails. So I wondered how they got up that hill so fast. They fell to their knees, prayed in our father, held Mary in a glory be. And uh, she's described as a beautiful blueness encompassed a woman, olive-hued, radiant skin, translucent blue eyes, long black hair, and a white veil. Mariana said, it's indescribable. It's heaven on earth. You forget everything. May she look at you and you look at her. You have no other desires. Mary told the children, God be with you, my angels. 
I have here a little card talks about the first uh, seven days. So those are the first two days on day number three. This is a Friday excitement at its peak. But the pastor, Father Yozo Jeffco, was not in the parish. And so she addressed the children. Day four starts getting interesting. The communist authorities were upset. This was uh, Yugoslavia at the time, and it was ruled by the successor of Tito. So it was under the Soviet Union umbrella, and there's an atheistic uh, government. So they're very upset. Police come, take the children for medical examination. The parish priest, Sofko, returns to the parish. He meets the children for the first time, and he thinks it's a communist hoax. So he doesn't believe right away, and the communist authorities, obviously, they're they, they think it's uh, something else. Uh, Sunday, thousands of people come. And are around 640, she calls the children my angels. And uh, told the people that don't see her, believe as if they see me. Monday, day six, police come again, take the children. They take them to a psychiatric department of the hospital. They lock them up with the mentally ill and in the morgue in order to scare them. These are 16 year oh, wow. locked up in a morgue. And, you guys uh, want to see a dead body? And then they yeah. take <laughs> And Mary tells them that same day when they see Mary, you'll be able to endure all of this, my children. Do not be afraid. So they're, they're putting a pressure on them. Obviously, here, I would say right at this point, if they were lying, you think they would have cracked? You know, when you yeah, got the, um, I know I would. I would have cracked you in a psychiatric ward and putting you in a morgue it's similar to fatima it kind of reminds me of yeah, uh, that's what the I communist, was Very similar. the yeah, communist situation the, the priest of, yeah priest of fatima didn't believe either yeah. and you know these are educated people i think you know uh and even mariana had that same thought why would mary come here so you know i think that's human it's, it's kind of something supernatural happens and we're going first our first impulse is now nah, probably not you know you Everybody wants proof, right? So day seven. So here's another interesting story that visionaries taking on a quote day trip <laughs> hmm. by the government again. Um, so they didn't want to return them. You know, the Mary shows up at 640. So they're still not in Mechigori when 640 arrives. But Mary appears to them in the nearby village of Cherno. And since then, they've had daily apparitions and they, she's confided to the, uh, the 10 secrets to them. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, so in 1981, we've already talked about um, President Reagan and Pope John Paul II. Uh, it was a communist country and uh, pilgrimages uh, were just not going to happen. Now, you asked me earlier about the church's uh, position on Yeah, it. I was just going to ask you, yeah. There's a thing called the Herkesovina issue. The uh, people of Croatia were conquered by the Turks, and they were ruled by the Turks for 500 years. During this 500 years, the Franciscans were there. Then in the 1940s, the church is trying to reestablish itself, and they tried to take some of the parishes away from the Franciscans. Now, the people of those parishes, uh, they rebelled. So we don't want you. We want the Franciscans. So that became known as the Herges-Sabina incident. So that was 40 years before 
mentioned Gory, but these people have long memories. Uh, I went to Mexico recently and they have their own version of the Texas, Mexico history. (laughs) (laughs) This is, uh, the Bishop originally was kind of open, but then, uh, I think they wanted to do something in a parish and they asked a couple of, uh, uh, Franciscan priests to be suspended or something like that. And these are in the early days of the apparition. So they asked uh, Mary, what do you think about that? And Mary said the bishop was too hasty. So the bishop before was kind of open, but when Mary criticized him, he saw Mary's taking sides with the Franciscans. This is not good. So I cannot approve the apparition. So he almost immediately was against it. Mm. They had a uh, commission of Yugoslav bishops. And they, they had one Franciscan on the commission and they went and quote studied it, but they, they all came, they were all Dawson except for the one Franciscan. And they all had this, this issue with the Franciscans. So their thinking is the Franciscans are cooking this up to grab more power. So yeah. they saw it all as political. So for the first number of years, there was that tension between the visionaries and the Franciscans and the local bishop and the bishops in Yugoslavia. I don't know exactly what year it happened, but the Vatican took over and said, uh, we'll investigate it. Finally, and, they come in. Uh, it started under Benedict XVI. It was completed under Pope Francis. Mm. They approved the first seven visions, the first part that I told you about. Uh, so it's approved. Open- they sent an emissary wow. from the Vatican to live in Mechigori to oversee the care of the pilgrims. Pope John Paul II loved Mechigori. He would have gone if he could, but he was the Pope and he, you know, he couldn't. It's kind of like that official thing. He couldn't officially sanction it, but right. he loved Mechigori. You want to hear a wonderful story that not many people know? Okay. So Pope John Paul II died. Holy Saturday, late afternoon, right before Divine Mercy Sunday, that he had, it wasn't Holy Saturday, it was uh, the Saturday after Easter, so uh, the Mass would have been at five o'clock, the Mass would have been for Divine Mercy Sunday, which he established. Right. Mary shows up at the usual time, around 640. She says, I have a a visitor, and it was Pope John Paul. The second wearing gold with a gold skull cap. Wow. He finally got to go to Mechigori. <laughs> I saw wow. that and I said, I can't share this unless I verify it. So I got on the Mechigori website. I said, can the visionaries verify that they saw Pope John Paul II? And he got that information. Yes, they saw him. So that's directly wow. from the Mechigori website. And that's very uh, interesting. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Not many people know that. know that story. So it took Pope Francis to finally approve the first seven days. It took it took you know that long, decades, a few decades. Because I know there's been a lot of speculation. I think there was even a horror movie I think made about Magigoria. I think I think <laughs> I, I think it was called The Unholy or something like that. I think it came out recently, uh, like 2021 or something like that. But there's been stuff like that. Like I've been hearing that oh the Magigoria it's. It, there's a dynamic dynamic activity that's no going no on over no there. no it's not dynamic activity the De- oh dynamic 
no, Demon. it's you... demonic. Demonic. <laughs> demonic. Yeah. Demon. Well, that, no, that's... Demon. Demon. Demonic is when it's demonic it on steroids. There it's a really, really evil. <laughs> it's evil, evil, evil. That's, but that's yeah, I've heard that. Bad. So yeah. it's good to know that the first seven days. So what does that mean, though? What about after that? What does the church say after that? Or what uh, happened after gonna, that? I think they're going to wait. I think when the uh, sign appears, there's a permanent sign uh, from heaven, not man-made, indestructible. Uh, it's going to be God's way of saying kind of like the Fatima miracle. You know, at that point, how can you say this isn't this isn't real? And so what are but, some of the uh, things that happen? Unfortunately, after? We'll, we'll be in the middle. We'll be in the thick of things by then. Oh, man. So, and That's kind of scary. Private revelation, the, the best you can hope for, the Pope will say it's worthy of belief, but you don't have to believe. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, definitely. You but, can believe. They yeah. also say you can believe if you want to. So it's yeah. not, there's not an official stamp, but. Private if revelation. Church, if the church was worried. They would say, stop having pilgrimages going yeah. over there. They thought it was demonic. <laughs> <laughs> I like demonic better. It sounds cooler. That's the new, hey, we like to change words and their meanings and stuff like that. I'm changing the word now. But so what, what are some things that happened recently? Is there anything that happened, you know, in, in the 2000s, the early 2000s, 2010, or even in this uh, decade that we're in? Anything recently that's happened, people maybe... They saw something, maybe they heard something, anything recently in the pontificate of Pope Francis that, that you know of or heard of? Well, I think sending that emissary, that's pretty recent. Uh, okay. I was just in the last few years. And he, of course, he's promoting it. Uh, he's saying wonderful things about it uh, because, you know, uh, well, it has a history now of, of 30, 40 million people have been there. Wow. A lot of yeah, a lot of pilgrimage there. So okay, let's knock it down to thirty million. That's still a lot of people. Uh, lots of vocations, lots of conversions, lots of atheists. Uh, really? Coming. Yes. Lots of miracle stories. Um, the a uh, lot of people have seen the Sundance. Uh, I myself personally saw it my last trip. So uh, a lot of people have miraculous stories to tell. You can get on YouTube and, and uh, there's, there's uh, movies made where people talk about their miracles. You know, I personally have had two miracles going there. Wow. So, well, what were those? Yeah, miracles and conversions. The first time, very interesting because my wife and I were going to Rome in 1987 and we we're going to see the Pope. And before I leave, one of my friends says, well, are you going to go to Mechigoria? And I said, is she still appearing? I didn't know. <laughs> I'd heard about it, but I thought, she's still appearing? Yeah. So I, my wife and I had a talk. I said, you know, we're, our, we're in a pilgrimage group. I mean, we, we, the group's not going to go. We'd have to go by ourselves. So the communist country will be driving a car not knowing where we're going, not speaking the language. And, you, know, you know, something bad could happen. Yeah. And, well, if, you know, if God wants us to be there, he'll take care of the details. So we rented a car. It was a Yugo. I was able to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but right when we get there, it's quarter to seven. Now, in, in those days, she appeared right at seven. My wife, we're in the back of the church. Church is back. My wife says, I got a migraine. 
I got to go sit in the car. There's nothing I can do. I just got to lay down and close my eyes. So she goes and gets in the little Yugo and sits there. And so I stayed in the church a little bit. And then I walk outside the church. And at those times, the apparitions were in the rectory, which is just outside the church. So I was walking outside the rectory and I'm having this internal prayer with the Lord. I said, Lord, this isn't right. We took a lot of risk to come here. You know, we came here to pray. We came here to be with Mary. This is not right. This is messing everything up. Please heal her. And I smell something like uh, a thousand roses. I don't know if you've mm. heard about. Yeah. Oh, yes. I've holy, experienced that. I've heard that. Yes. The of, 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 of heaven. Of the fabuloso. No, it's I no, I've heard it. Very spiritual. Oh, stop it, Roger. I had no <laughs> idea. What, I know it meant something, but I didn't know then at that moment what it meant. But, uh, but I see all the lights flashing. You know, they had to, this is back in the days of the VHS cameras, you know, so they had the yeah. lights flashing. I told Mary's appearing right now, right upstairs. So I thought, I'm going to go back to the church. So I walked back to the church and there's my wife in the back of the church. I said, what are you doing here? You got a migraine. She says, I'm fine. Okay. And then she was, normally when she has a migraine, it takes her three days to, the very, from that time on, she was healthy. That's all it took? Wow. And then in the year 2000, I went by myself. And I had a brother that was uh, paranoid schizophrenic. And then my wife was always... Uh, having trouble, medical problems, you know, nothing too unusual, but still inconvenient, you know, messing up your lifestyle. So I decided to walk barefoot up Cross Mountain early in the morning, six in the morning. Oh, and it's a big mountain. It's rough terrain. But I thought, you know, I want to do this. I want to pray for my wife and my brother. So I climb up to the base of Cross Mountain and I just found myself weeping for them, praying for them. And then uh, something, a miracle happened for me. It felt like hot hands were grabbing my heart and massaging my heart, you know, kind of wow. like eating a loaf of bread or something. It was like hot hands on my wow. heart. And like, oh my goodness, what's happening? <laughs> I had no idea what, it, what happening, you know? And it lasted a few minutes. And then when I'm walking down the hill and I'm thinking of the crucified Lord, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm so sorry that so few people appreciate what you've done on that cross. Yeah. And I felt like 12 years was taken off my life. I felt like a young man. And I think I was 49 at the time. So uh, that was a miracle for me. So my wife and I have each had uh, one miracle. She passed away in, uh, in October, but she was with me on this trip. When, when I got back, it was June 28th, or would have been our 42nd anniversary. So uh, oh, oh, so wow. sorry for your loss. Coming down Apparition Hill, I fell down, and I felt like she caught my head, so I didn't bash it open. I thought, well, it's kind of nice. Oh. I did the old man thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wasn't the same age I was in the year 2000, so uh, wow. Crowded. It was hard Incredible. to get up and down Apparition Hill, but uh, and it's still a difficult climb, even though there's a trail there now. It's, a lot of rocks and everything so it's amazing how those kids were able to run up that hill so fast wow but, uh, so i have two miracles and uh i found out later that uh, when you smell oh oh same trip i go to where saint francis prayed for the church and i had that same sense of the holy roses scent. yeah beautiful so, that's uh, quite a gift yeah that was wonderful i, I feel 
in a way related to St. Francis, even though I'm materialistic. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he laughs. Yeah. It's sort of an evil <laughs> laugh, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> ah, yes. Materialism. I love it. You love that poverty. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Like, oh, I think that's a good place to end on, on like a good note, a good positive two miracles that happened for you and your wonderful wife. Like the first three secrets are warnings. And then uh, the last four are very serious chastisements. But after the 10 secrets, we'll have the error of peace. The world will be returned. Uh, humanity will return to God. Um, there'll be peace and um, a lot of conversions taking place. So, if everybody's good and loving, you have to ask the question, what happened to the bad people? So mm. I'll leave that hanging. If the Lord takes away the wicked people, are you going? <laughs> <laughs> the messages are pray, fast, conversion, holy mass, the Bible. That's just a real, basically it's live your faith and pray every day, yeah. go to mass, pray to rosary every day, pray as a family. Fast on Wednesdays and Fridays, bread and water. Live her messages. You can Google Medjugorjean uh, messages. You can get them. Uh, there's a lot of information out there on Medjugorje on YouTube, uh, Mystic Post TV, and Mary TV. So you can start learning on your own about Medjugorje as much as you want to. Deacon, thank you so much for being with us and saying yes to our invite to come and share this important knowledge with everybody and to bring us up to speed as to what's going on there in Medjugorje. I, I really, I'm after this, honestly, I'm, I'm intrigued enough to want to go there. I never really considered it except when I first heard about it in the early eighties, I thought, well, this is interesting, but then there was sort of a myriad of different um, messages and, and some people were, Oh, it's fake. And other people were like, no, it's really good. But when that approval for pilgrimage was given by the church in, in May of 2019, it got my attention. And like you said, there's been so many conversions, so many miracles, so many personal uh, transformations for people there that it is very intriguing to us. And, and we really want to thank you for taking the time to be with us and educate our audience and ourselves. Yeah. The hour went fast. Yeah, yeah it sure does. Must be having, must be having it's, fun. It's actually a little dynamic. I don't know why that <laughs> yeah. is. Dynamic is, is when that is when it's a, a demon messes with time. When ah. the dynamic spirit messes with time, then it's dynamic. That's what that's what, that's what it's called. All right. Thank you. Once thank again, you thank guys. you for joining us. If you guys want to follow us, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, most podcasts. Can you please share, follow? You can follow us on Twitter. You can email us. Oh man, this is uh I, I'm gonna chew on this for a while because I'm I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole like dusty said earlier there's a bunch of videos and you kind of intrigued me on mentioning yeah. some of them so thank you so much okay thank you god bless thank you, you. God. god bless you god, speak. Thank god you. bless <laughs>